you have to be able to find an internal point of support for your yeah. work. Mm-hmm. So the floor is a very obvious point of support. And yes, you can use that power up from the ground. Yeah. But as you say, if you're on one foot, if your heel is lifted, so you have to find a point of support within the body somewhere. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for asking me on. It's nice to be here. Yeah, no, it's, it's really nice to finally talk to you. I feel like um, I kind of feel like I know you because I've been watching your videos <laughs> and following you online and you know reading your blog and all that kind of stuff for the better part of uh, 10, 11 years, but uh, we just never had a chance to get it together being on other side, different sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, I'm not sure we've ever been in the same room together, have we? I don't think. Probably been in a lot of the same rooms, but not at the same time, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, just haven't uh, haven't managed to cross paths. So uh, hopefully we can rectify that in the uh, in the near future. Brilliant. So kicking off, um, the usual stuff. Uh, how did you find Systema in the first place, and where are you based now? Where are you teaching in the UK? Uh, I'm based in Bedfordshire now, North Bedfordshire. So I run a class and do mostly workshops and one-to-one or small group teaching these days. Yep. Uh, I first saw Systema, I think it must have been the late 90s, it was Vladimir's old, I think they TRS videos. Yeah, yeah, the, the heavy um, metal in the background. That's here. right, that's yeah. right. Was it Red Zone or something like that, I think they were called? Yeah, yeah, uh, TRS tapes, yeah. That's right, yeah. Threat yeah. response Basically, it was, it. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a, a friend of mine used to send me videos of various interesting things. At the time, I was running my own club uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. and uh, my colleague and I, Dave Nicholson, were always looking around for other things to add to the syllabus. Yeah. So we were looking at all sorts of arts, all sorts of things, and a friend, friend of mine sent me one of uh, Vladimir's videos, and I thought the movement was really interesting. Mm. Uh, though I thought probably in common with a lot of other people at the time that the guys in the videos fell down way too easily for him. Yeah. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? Until you get punched in the face by Vladimir. And <laughs> yeah, until you meet, and then oh, I fell down easily as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's interesting. You're saying you were kind of you were looking for things to add to the syllabus. What what were you actually teaching at the time? What was your martial pedigree before you uh, started peeking into systemic? Uh, the very first martial art I did was judo as a kid. I must have been about seven or eight. My, my dad took me to a local judo club in East London. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of boxing at school, but I probably started martial arts proper when I was about 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, there was a big, it was the Kung Fu boom, basically. It was sort of late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Bruce so Lee, we had Jackie the Kung, Chan. Yeah, yeah, the Kung Fu TV series especially, I remember, was a very early kind of uh, interest. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I got into Chinese styles, the internal styles, particularly Yang family, Tai Chi Chuan. Hmm. Uh, and I guess I was lucky at the time to, because I was totally ignorant of, of what was what. I didn't know Wing Chun from Shaolin from anything, you know. Yeah. Um, I was lucky to get into a school that was the uh, real old traditional style of Tai Chi rather than sort of modern exercise version, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd studied that for quite a long time. Uh, one thing led to another, ended up setting up my own school in the mid 90s hmm. and then basically spent probably five years just going around looking at everything doing yeah. workshops every weekend, uh, training with as many pe- many different people as, as I could, and basically trying to cobble together my own sort of style or system, I guess. Kind of create your own kind of mixed martial art in a way, <laughs> with, with, yeah. a, with, a, yeah. with an internal back, like core to it. 
Well, yeah, because the, the thing is, we always had, both Dave and I, my colleague at the time, came from a very sort of uh, practical background, I guess. Yeah. So we were always looking at things like knife defence or groundwork or yeah. uh, working with more than one person, which was not something that was often addressed in the, in the traditional teaching. Yeah, absolutely. So what? Um, so when you say looking at everything, what, what did that um, curiosity lead you through? What kinds of styles did you peek at? Um, oh, well, pretty much everything. Uh, a lot of combative styles, so people like Dave Turton, yeah. Peter Considine, that kind of crowd. Yeah. Um, I never trained with Jeff Thompson, but always had a look at his stuff, uh, his, his videos back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and then other, I guess, more traditional styles like C-Lat, that kind of thing, Carly, stick work. Yeah. Um, other Chinese systems I'd already been looking at anyway, so Xing mm. uh, Yi, Wing Chun. Yeah. Basically, almost anything and everything. Probably the only thing I didn't never really got into was the Japanese style, so mm. never really done uh, Aikido or Karate. Mm. Uh, some Jiu-Jitsu, a friend of mine I trained with as a Jiu-Jitsu instructor, so we worked a lot of that in as well. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Was it was predominantly... Do you, do you feel like your lens that you were looking at the martial arts through was still largely through kind of like Tai Chi and like internal arts because that's where the bulk of your training was? Or do you feel like you opened right up and you were just trying to look at it um, kind of objectively? Um, I think the core was the internal method because mm. uh, any faults of it aside, it is very efficient in terms of body mechanics. Yeah. Um, so really it was a case of looking at applying those body mechanics through these other uh, methods, uh, I, I guess, yeah. So there was still that internal base to it, rather than just learning some techniques or, or that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Did you um? Did you find? Obviously, though, still with um with Tai Chi, in my experience, although mine is very limited, it, it's still very much there's a there's a very concrete structure to how you learn it, right? So, um, you, you have like the standing practice, and then you have the yeah. the forms, and then you kind of progress from that to you know sparring practices, push hands, things like that, and then like specific yeah. techniques that you can use. Did you find coming to Sistema was something of a shock, like this, this idea of just kind of formlessness in a way, and that there's a structure that's underlying it, but it's um but it's a collapsible, rebuildable structure, and there's all kinds of other stuff going on. For, for me, coming from formal martial arts and into Sistema, mm. it was a little bit overwhelming, and I was like, what do you want me to do? You know, so I was waiting yeah. for somebody to tell yeah. me to do the thing so that I could feel good about having achieved it, and nobody was telling me to do it. <laughs> um, did you find that as well, or did you... Did some of your training allow you to adapt to that a bit easier? A, a bit of a mix, really, because, I mean, the lack of forms, to be honest, was very refreshing because yeah. one of the last conversations I had with my last main Tai Chi teacher, who's a, a, a very nice guy, um, but it, we used to get him across from the States, you know, over here for a week or so. Hmm. And on his last trip, he said, oh, next time I'll teach you this form. And uh, as I waved him off at the airport, and I sort of thought, Oh, great, another fall. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I've kind of got, I don't know, I mean, obviously the Tai Chi form, I don't know how many other forms I've learned over the years. And mm. uh, maybe they have a place, but I felt it was time to look for something different. Yeah. So the formlessness of Sistema was, was very refreshing yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but you, yes, sorry. at the same time, there was that, where do I start with this? You know, because yeah. it is that, um you you have to find the structure for yourself to to some extent i guess yeah did you um so what was your did you continue to train tai chi while you were training sistema for a long time and do you still train tai chi uh at the time yeah so we we had our own system um and i was still working on that and it was a case of bringing these other elements 
into what I was teaching. Yeah. Uh, at the time, we, we probably had about 15, 20 sort of groups across the UK. Mm. Um, and we started altering the syllabus. And in the end, it was kind of like, you know, it was 10% Sistema, 20%, 30%, 40%. In the yeah. end, I thought, why don't I just do this? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. <laughs> you know, the more I find uh, out about it, the more I see that it has everything I'm looking for. Yeah. So then we basically turned the school over to Sistema completely yeah. and lost probably about 90% of that people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you can't win them all. <laughs> no, that's one thing I said to Vladimir was, you, you're not good for business, you know. <laughs> yeah. So but, you... Um, you know, it's something we felt we had to do. So Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, do, I have seen, I really admire people who manage, who manage to keep the styles um, kind of distinct in their minds and bodies to an extent and train both and get the benefits. My good friend Gene Smithson down there in uh, Austin, Texas, right. manages, you know, he yeah. runs Austin Sistema and Tai Chi and he's done yeah. it. He, he does yeah. a phenomenal job of like keeping the Tai Chi going. And, and of, yeah. of course, I think he, he infuses the Tai Chi with his knowledge of breathing and structure and other things that come from Sistema, but it, but he still enjoys, you know, doing the forms and, and, and working through those as well and that kind of stuff. I, I, yeah. For, for yeah. myself, I found it so difficult to mix the styles and I tried to, like m my production style was Aikido I did that for like 14 years and there was a crossover right. period of about um probably about kind of three years where I was trying to do both at the same time and I realized that my Sistema was being um hamstrung basically by my my continuing studying of Aikido that I was I was having trouble letting go yeah. of, of the structures that I knew worked or thought would work well um yeah. and at the same time my Aikido was I wasn't giving myself over to it you know as much in the way that I needed to in order to develop there either and so I ended up kind of um you know chopping the strings and just going full system at that point but but I do admire some some people manage to kind of synthesize and like put them together yeah. and kind of train yeah. both some people manage to kind of compartmentalize and it's um but it's a difficult thing I think especially um I think especially when the arts are I don't know whether that's true. Uh, you know, if the arts are completely different, like if you're teaching Muay Thai and then Sistema, yeah. like, then you could be like, oh, I'm in Muay Thai mode and I'm just I'm smashing things around. I think it's probably around, e sort of easier stuff. in a sense. Probably yeah. easier, yeah, yeah, do that external thing. But if, if it's very similar, it's an internal style and you're kind of yes. flowing between yeah. these structures. And it's very difficult for me, at least in my head, to separate those things and make them work. But uh, I don't know if you found the same thing. I, I found exactly the same thing. And I mean, I you, you also asked, do I still do the Tai Chi? And it, well, no. Um, there's there's a very few exercises uh, perhaps still which are very kind of similar in some ways to to Sistema anyway yeah uh, in terms of stretching and twisting kind of exercises you know yeah mm -hmm. um, but as far as the forms and everything else goes then no mm -hmm. I was asked about a year ago a local company wanted someone to go in and teach Tai Chi to their staff mm. um, which I kind of reluctantly did Mm. And it was interesting because the first thing I did was, <laughs> of course, it showed them Sistema breathing. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they want to learn the forms and the movements. And um, mm. so, yeah, no, that's kind of okay. Yeah. But that's more from a, an exercise perspective, I guess, they're, they're looking at. Yeah, um, like a health perspective. So the same way yeah, you might teach it, yeah, like a, it, a good push-up. Even on those lines, I think that the mm. Sistema overall is a, has a stronger approach um, because it's more about freedom and movement rather than being restricted into certain patterns, you know. yeah. So for, I'd like to talk a little bit about the differences and what for you mm -hmm. kind of sets Sistema aside from the other things that you did before. But before we get onto that a little bit, do, do you feel like there were any kind of core similarities between what you were doing in, um, especially in Tai Chi and like internal arts and, and Sistema? What did you notice that was, that you felt was a common denominator between those things? Uh, the sensitivity, I think, was probably the main uh, commonality. Yeah. Uh, and remember seeing some drills at the time where guys were doing almost like a pushing hands type exercises, quite free flow and not as structured. 
yeah. than some of the Tai Chi ones, perhaps. But we kind of picked up on that and recognized that. Hmm. And I think it was maybe something I, I recognized in Vladimir's movement when I first saw it was that uh, efficiency of movement and uh, minimal movement, though. <laughs> yeah. His movement is even more minimal and refined now than it was. Oh, yeah. It I was mean, then. It's ridiculous. Know. It just gets tighter and tighter and smaller and shorter <laughs> until, until you can yeah, hardly see anything. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but I guess that, that was a principle I could recognize um, yeah. because that was something that is talked about in the internal styles, but you don't often see at that level. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess that was that was something that was in common. Uh, the major difference for me was the idea of not planting my feet in place and bringing power up from the floor yeah. through the waist out, through the hands. But these guys could do all this, but also be extremely mobile, which was something that was very interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, because it, it went against everything we were told, you know, never raise your shoulder, never lift the heel, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one to come up. I'd like to kind of elaborate on that a little bit if you can, because I, mm. I think your perspective would be really interesting on it. So that whole idea of kind of rooting and, and grounding, you know, in some arts, um, you'll take a very obvious stance, right? Something like Shotokan Karate, which is one of the first ones yeah. that I did. You know, you'll yeah. plant your feet in this kind of, you know, right angled stance. And I, mm -hmm. I remember my instructor when I was about eight years old, you know, I had my knee over my toe and, um, and it was angled inwards a little bit. And he came along, he's like, kick my leg and made it go to the inside. And he's like, you have to keep your knee over your toe. Otherwise your whole structure is weak and it will collapse. And I'm like, eh. And now I'm yeah. like, if you put all your weight on that leg and lean it forwards and somebody kicks your leg from the inside, you're done, you know? So, so even then I was a bit skeptical at eight years old. I'm like, eh, yeah. Yeah, if you're doing it from here and now I kind of understand like, that there was some justification to that skepticism but this idea of kind of that you have to hold this fixed stance in order to draw power is kind yes. of coming up on and but then in Sistema you kind of leave that in my experience and then you get to this idea that you find mobility and you can just kind of fight like you walk right you just kind of place one exactly. foot in front of the other and you can put exactly. you can lead with your toes and your knees or you can lead with another part of your body and let your legs catch yeah. up and and then sooner or later you get to this idea of unified movement which seems to be quite in common with the chinese internal arts where everything kind of moves as one piece and wraps around the spine but then you get uh, what i find is a lot of the time when i'm training up at hq and with vladimir is things seem to kind of oscillate between keeping the feet and the legs kind of light enough in all that you have freedom of movement that you're not stuck mm. to the floor. But at the same time, there is this interesting aspect that it's almost like they're rooting and grounding with every single footstep. Like it's uh, you're right. like rooting oh, yeah. when you're on one foot. So you don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah. root with two feet because every single time you place your feet, you have power anyway and you can deliver it from there. So it's, it's this kind of idea of mobile grounding, if that makes sense. Do, do you have any kind of insights on that? Because that's something, it's just like this weird kind of paradox that I've had a trouble resolving in my head for quite a few years. Well, there, there, there's a couple of things there. One, the, the Chinese styles, and in some styles of Tai Chi, it's even referred to as cannon fist, pao choy. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it is like a cannon. So you wheel this cannon up, you point it in the right direction, you light the fuse, and mm. boom, this huge cannonball comes out. Yeah. Uh, how long does that take to do? Right. <laughs> yeah. And everything has to be lined up, but the result is a very powerful strike. Sure. Um, Sistema gets the same kind of power, but it's more like an AK you know it's coming out quick it's coming out fast it's moving and it's fluid at the same time yeah and I think one of the things with that is you you have to be able to find an internal point of support for your yeah. work mm -hmm. so the floor is a very obvious point of support and yes you can use that power up from the ground yeah but as you say if you're on one foot if your heel is lifted 
So you have to find a point of support within the body somewhere. Yeah. Um, it may be within the chest, or it may be within the stomach, it may be the shoulder, mm. it may be even the elbow. Mm. But once you can find that point of support, you can you can bring a strike out from it. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and yet one of the other things that um, that I've seen some similarity in is this idea in um, in Tai Chi of kind of absorbing and then redistributing force. Right? This idea that yeah. you can kind of yield to a to a forward pressure and then and then send it back to somebody. And a lot of martial arts talk in very very kind of loose ways about using your opponent's energy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the time it's it's really not. It's just momentum, right? It's like it's, there's momentum yeah. coming forwards yeah. and you redirect it and then you basically redirect it somewhere else and then it goes back. And so in a way that's your opponent's energy in the in in a physical mm-hmm. sense, you know, like that everybody transfers kinetic energy. But in another it's just kind of biomechanics, you're shifting things around. But there seems sure. to be this almost quite a bit more transcendent um principle that you see in chinese arts that i see in actually students who come from chinese internal arts to training system with us right that they have this ability to um to feel to give to yield and then like to almost store that up and then uh, whether it's via the wave kind of movement or whether it's kind of like a pressurization that kind of just travels through the body um to deliver that back again and in sistema we train that specifically, right? We'll train specific yeah. drills that help you to do that. It's not just some kind of, you know, thing like, oh, keep training until you're 80 and eventually you'll manifest eventually, a skill, yeah. right? It's like, no, yeah, yeah. here's how you do it. Let's just do it a bit of time. It's very difficult, but we can do this a bit of time. Have, have you found um, any similarities between the stuff that you learned in Chinese internal arts and the way that we train that in Sistema? Um, kind of. I mean, that's that's the principle sometimes called like neutralizing in, in uh, the Chinese styles. Yeah. Um, but it does very much rely on the uh, external and internal structures. Uh, and again, most of it revolves around taking the, the force down to the ground, then yeah. back out again. Sure. That can be on a very subtle level. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel what Sistema does is, yeah, it takes that same principle, but uh, makes doesn't, it doesn't have more... to go. doesn't have to go by the ground. No, yeah. again, it can go to the shoulder, it can go wherever, Yeah. Um, and just makes it much more adaptable. And I think what you touched on there is a very important point, the, the, the way this is taught, mm. uh, the, the way we're shown these things, isn't this kind of, well, for two years you do this, and then for another five years you do that. Yeah. And then, then I might show you this, you know, this is from day one. Uh, even just something simple like the, the pushing with the fist drill, we, we do that almost every class. Sure. Uh, because there is so much information contained just within that one simple drill. Yeah. Uh, but, but people can do it from day one, and they can they can take it at different levels. They can work that at different levels altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the fascinating thing about Sistema, right? You can have a class for the people. Some people have been training 10, 15 years. Some have been training a couple of months. And they're all doing the same drill, like yeah. push and yield or, you know, like just push with the fist. And they can be working on internally completely different things. And from the outside, yes. it's yeah. like they're working on the it, same it, drill. It all looks you know? the same, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, um, it confuses sometimes new people coming to it, I think. Like, well, where's the, <laughs> where's the advanced class? And we're like, we're in the advanced class. You know? so there's oh, basics and there's Who, who's the instructor? Yeah, <laughs> Which exactly. is, I always think is nice. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, we, we we had. I mean, the nice thing about I've, I've had guys who've, who've trained with me for quite a while now, and, and the nice thing with those guys is you don't have to explain so much. We can just do stuff. Yeah. So we we had one session a little while ago. We spent maybe forty five minutes an hour just walking. 
yeah. around the room. Now, you as a systemic guy know what that involves. Right? Sure. Yeah. But we said, imagine if someone new came in, there's yeah. there's a, a bunch of guys walking around at a village hall. Yeah, what's, exactly. What's that, what's that about? It's their first session. They're trying to get them to sign up afterwards. They're like, it's just money for old yeah. rope, isn't it? Just, just paying 20 bucks and I'm just walking in circles. Yeah. Nordic walking or something. Maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I think you just tapped a new market there. We'll, we'll get that offline afterwards and we'll, we'll one of us will paint yeah, to be we'll, Scandinavian and we'll do that. We'll, we'll get the dot common we're, we're away nordic walking yeah that's, that's probably a thing already it's probably a thing. it is it is i've seen it locally actually they, they walk across the fields here and they yeah. walk with skis <laughs> yeah. uh, oh really it's uh, yeah yeah they, i don't know yeah it's it, i'm sure it's good <laughs> I, I had a mad uncle called um old uncle kenny who lived uh, i think he lived till he was about 90 or so something like that and right until he was about 80 i think he was doing he would go climbing in like you know the the Matterhorn wow. or stuff like that and he was always you know he was, he was former army or something like that and he just never really slowed down and uh, and there was a running gag that every time we had a light frost down in Kent because you know in Kent we don't get a lot of snow you know? um, but sometimes you have those little freaky storms and you'll get like you know some frost going over things and stuff like that and it, yeah. if there was even like a sprinkling of it on the tarmac outside this place in Hyde down there near Dover he would come out with his Nordic skis and be skiing down the road like in the middle of the road and pick, like, sparks great, flying up from the road and stuff like that so there you go so old, old Uncle Kenny yeah. Nice, anyway, nice. Uh, so actually, I'd like to kind of dig back on that a little bit. The um, the teaching methodology, or the the way that the knowledge is transferred in system. Um, uh-huh. There's this interesting kind of. Um, there's on the one hand, it's very kind of free form, and if you you know if training under Vladimir a lot of the time, or training um, under the Russians. And I, I've not actually had the privilege of going over to Moscow yet, but of okay. everybody I know who's been over there and trained directly with Mikhail says that you go to a class there and often it, you know, there's no specific theme and Michael won't yeah. demonstrate anything. You're just kind of in a hall and everybody's just basically doing kind of free form grab and escape or just pushing and pulling each other around and striking a little yes. bit. Um, and then after a while, a theme might evolve or Michael might show something that everybody's doing wrong, right? <laughs> or something, And then kind of work <laughs> yeah. from that point yeah. forwards. But it's, it's very much kind of like well let's just kind of play about and see what comes out of it and from this understand our own shortcomings and our own tendencies and habits and then and then we can start to you know if i'm more experienced than you and i've figured some things out then i can transmit those things and it kind of in a very organic way starts to kind of evolve into a powerful martial arts style almost like kind of by you know trial and error but then there's yeah. this other aspect that there's this boring but necessary work that you have to do like you know you know static push-ups like standing on your hands for for a good five to ten minutes to try and feel the structure of what's going on when you hold yourself yeah. in that position and how to relax your shoulders when you're in that position or maybe just moving on the ground without your arms and legs for like 10 or 15 minutes and and constantine yeah. has kind of said in the past he did a seminar here some years ago in north carolina um where we did crawling for about the first two hours of the seminar right and wow. and, he, and he basically and I remember that being the first real emphasis of crawling in the in the few years that I've been training before that, of how important mm. it was, not just ground movement and rolling, but just crawling like to get the internal close to the spine muscles active. Um, and he sort of said that, you know, there's there are spets groups in um, in Russia who for, you know, for three months, they'll do all they have to do is crawl through the forest without using their arms right. and legs, like from day in, like for six hours a day, something like that. Wow. Just, they'll take yeah. a lunch break, maybe. And then they're just crawling through the forest over like varied terrain. And they yeah. do that because they're ordered to. Right. And there's obviously a lot of like cuts and scarring and bruising and stuff like that goes on. But he's like, 
if you could train somebody into stammer and you really wanted them to do it, what you should do is make them crawl for a year, right? Mm. <laughs> do nothing else but crawl for a year. And he goes, and after that, they acquire abilities very, very quickly. But nobody yeah. will do that in the civilian world, right? Unless you all, because they get bored. Um, so what you have to do is kind of juxtapose the the fun, exciting stuff, the taking people to the ground and the, and the fun striking and things like that with the boring yeah. but necessary work. What's um, What's your kind of view on that? How much... What's what's the ratio and the weighting that you like to put in your class between the fun and interesting and exploratory and the boring but necessary stuff that builds the structure and gives you the deep insights? It depends largely on the group. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, if I've got a group of the, the regular guys, then yeah. we can just pick one thing and go with that for the whole session perhaps. Yeah. Um, the way I started myself, because I guess like most of us, uh, I was learning originally through the videotapes until I got the chance to go over and train with, with Vladimir and Michael. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I developed my basics from, if you like, that idea of let's take a subject like rolling and let's do that for an hour. Yeah. And then now let's look at doing breathing. And obviously all these things should be mixed together but yeah um initially that I, I for my own training and also teaching i found i was breaking it down into those kind of sections yeah so for new people coming in can they fall safely can they roll can they move on the floor um they'll need some strength or, or some uh, structural uh, strength so the exercises and then we can go on to doing some punching and that kind of thing. And then maybe in the last part of the class, mix that all in with some freeform work or doing takedowns or working against the knife, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so the way I tended to work was to build up uh, a, a subject. So if you're working sticks, then start with holding a stick and moving around doing some breathing, moving on the floor with some stick, then progressing to pushing each other with the sticks and take all that way through, take that all the way through until the end of the class. Then we're working defence against sticks and that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, I, I guess a theme in a class, but starting with a very basic, uh, of, of starting from a very basic start point, yeah. and then building up to the <laughs> the exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? gotcha. Um, but but the the Constantine's point is very important. Mm. And one of the things I, I saw, I mentioned that walking thing earlier was was really when new people come in. You could spend a, a month just teaching them how to walk properly. Yeah. Uh, and then progress from there. Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, but, I was talking to... Sorry. Yeah, on you go. Sorry. But, but like you say, who, who wants to do walking for a month, you know, or, yeah. or crawling on the floor for, for several sessions in a row? Yeah. So you, you have to kind of blend things in. I think what it is, you have to show people where the work is going to. Yeah. Uh, and if you can give them little examples of that, then I then I found people are very acceptable of okay, yeah, we need to do this, and then we can do that properly, yeah, or you know something approaching properly, rather than just trying to do that stuff like maybe uh, if you go and do a self defence combative style, then yeah. straight away the work is let's hit the pads, let's hit each other, yeah, but yeah. what about the mechanics? What about your breathing? What about your posture? What about, what about your structure? Yeah, none of none of those things are addressed, but people are getting straight into the the sexy stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's actually an interesting phrasing that you, you know, kind of came with them, which is like, who would want to just walk for a month, right? And and mm. when you said that, what sprang to mind immediately was two previous interviews that I'd done with them, with Gene Smithson and with Sergei Makarenko, right? So Gene Smithson oh, yeah. was shot and spent like a, a year, two years, pretty much like recovering from getting shot three times through mm. the gut, and so his 
his whole uh, motivation in life became I need to be able to learn to walk again, right? Literally like staggering around the block and, you know, getting lapped by old people with walking devices and things like that, you know? And eventually he got to a place where he could walk freely and transfer weight. And Sergei Makarenko got an infection, a staphylococcal infection in his spine, um, which nearly killed him, right? So his, and I was talking to him about his recovery in in a recent interview and, um, and I sort of said, you know, what was your what was your goal? Did you get back? You know, did you want to get back into strength and push ups? And then he's like, all, all I could think about was walking. That just became mm. the priority and that kind of stuff. So in those rare situations, so people who can't walk or lose the ability to do it in some way um, yeah. are highly motivated to learn how to walk properly. But maybe there's a lesson in that for the rest of us in that we think we can walk, right? But then if yes. you go to HQ, you, yeah. you you know work with Vladimir or you work with Michael, they're like, mm, you need to study walking more, right? And and yeah. so maybe yeah. we get to this point where we feel like we have enough competency and we rest on our laurels and be like yeah i'm good at breathing i've been doing it since birth right and i'm good at walking I've, you know i'm pretty good at just not falling over when i walk but but that's not really enough for systema right not not falling that's over true. is no good you need to be able to transfer um transfer your weight like consciously you need to be able to kind of find the ground when you walk and, and be balanced and be able to change direction at any point and you know yeah. deliver power on the move and all these things so maybe we're just hiding ourselves with holding ourselves to a different standard and we have to remind ourselves of what the motivation is it's not to learn how to fight it's to learn how to do all the things that are necessary in order to improve ourselves right yeah yeah absolutely and i think one thing it shows is uh, we we have these gifts we have the gift of life mm-hmm. we have the gift and, and not everyone is born with the ability to walk or to see or to hear or to sure. to be active in any ways in, in some cases these these are marvelous gifts we have yeah and we take them for granted you know mm. and it's um it's a little bit like being in a relationship, perhaps, you know, you, you get married and you start taking each other for granted. And then at some point you think, actually, what, what a marvelous person I'm married to. Yeah. Look at all the, look at all, she puts up with all my crap. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. But you, you just kind of become accustomed and, and we need to be aware that these things are gifts. Yeah. And we should always be treating them in that way and, and looking at them and how can we improve them? Yeah. And how can we help others to, to see things in that way as well, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Has it? Do you feel like your that that knowledge, that hard won knowledge, um, influences the way that you teach now? Do you do you have a different emphasis when you're teaching classes of Sistema than you did ten years ago, or um, or is it more or less the same as it was? I think it's more or less the same, and and I think one very important thing I remember Vladimir said to me once was was teach everything or don't teach at all, hmm. uh, and because coming from that particular background that I did. Uh, someone once described it to me as your uh, teacher in the Chinese styles is up ahead on the ladder and uh, his foot is on your head. <laughs> mm. All right. So the, the teacher only wants you to get to a certain level and a certain stage, Yeah. Uh, which affects obviously the teaching and the relationships and everything else. Yeah. So STEMA is a totally different approach from that I found. Yeah. Um, and it's, Oh, how can I describe it? It's not so much teaching people as showing them what they actually already know. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of forgotten how to do it, perhaps in some ways. It's, it's unlocking what they can do yeah. uh, and showing them what they're capable of. Yeah. Really. So it sounds like that you kind of moved organically into teaching Systema because you were already teaching something else, right? So it wasn't like you were, tra- you were training Systema for a bunch of years and then you decided to start a Systema school. It sounds like you already had the Tai Chi school yeah. and then you started to infuse it in your curriculum and you kind of naturally kind of diffused your way into teaching Systema. Um, yeah. 
what was that like at the beginning, kind of starting to teach Sistema instead of um, instead of what you did before? Because there must have been a period where you felt very, very competent teaching Tai Chi because you studied for uh, for many, many years and you knew it inside out. Um, but there was probably a period where you were starting to teach Sistema where you were like, well, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I've mastered this and probably never will, right? But um, <laughs> but I'm already starting to kind of try and transfer knowledge and make sure that I'm trying not to pass my mistakes to other people. Was there was there an aspect of were there difficulties in the beginning of teaching? And how did you get over those? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, partly because I was learning at the same time as the people I was teaching, and I, I made that quite clear as well. Yeah. Um, so this is something we're doing together. I'm just showing you, yeah. you know, how um, this is done kind of thing, or my <laughs> version of how it's done. Yeah. Um, now, there was some resistance to that. With some, As I said, you know, a lot of people left the school, but then new people came in, so that, that was okay. Mm. Um, and I think... I mean, even when I'm teaching now, if you don't present yourself as the the fountain of all knowledge, that mm. you make it clear that you're you're making suggestions to people, and perhaps you could try doing this this way, and I find this way works best for me. Yeah. Um, then I've I've not really had problems in terms of people uh, questioning what I do in that sense. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, the, the the questioning comes more from people who don't actually come to classes, but. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's the yeah. world we live in. So. Yeah, primarily on the internet via yeah, yeah oh, via a safe um, distance. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've we've been through that whole thing. We, we've invited people along when Mikhail and Vladimir have, have been over. Mm. Um, you know, I've said to people, "Come along. I'm organising it. You can come along for free." And you know, they still don't come. So yeah, it's it, it's a pointless endeavour, really. Yeah, yeah. It's no use flogging a dead horse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, so what brought you in the transition from? So you have this um great series of uh, DVDs you have quite a lot of them now I think because you've, you've been churning them out for over the years every time you have <laughs> workshops and seminars you kind of produce a mini I guess one I do. I keep yeah and I've, I've got a good many of them and they're, they're, they're really really good especially on the on the the uh, foundations series that you have oh, is that what they're called yeah. yeah so and I found them to be really useful uh, reference guides to refer some of my students to unfortunately not a lot of people here have region free DVD players so some of them couldn't oh, play right, some of the early right. ones but um, but I've you know um, lent them out here and there to people um, yeah. so on those it seemed like you you've kind of segregated or segmented some aspects of Sistema, like you had foundations in rolling and then you had foundations yes. in striking and, and and maybe like escape from holds and things like that as well. And then, and then some of the later ones are more just like, oh, this is a mixed workshop and we're just kind of working on these. Do you have a different emphasis when you when you look to record one of those or are you just trying to capture a snapshot of the workshop that you taught um, or are you trying to kind of plan out a series of ideas that have to come across? Um, a bit of both. In in the early days, it was much more about getting those basics across. Mm. So as I said before, about uh, separating the topic out. And and any separation is false, anyways, in this training, as we know. But again, yeah. you have to you have to present something in a bite-sized chunk, uh, yeah. especially for new people. Mm. Um, when I do workshops uh, for my own guys here, I, I tend to prefer to pick a, a certain topic and work on that. Uh, so then, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of structure it in such a way that we're going from A to B to C and end up at D, hopefully. Yeah. Um, other For classes, it tends to be much more open now. I, I often say to the guys, what do you want to do tonight? Or is there any particular subject you want to do? Hmm. And they, they normally say, oh, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just kind of start with something and see where it goes quite often. Yeah. Um, if I've got newer people coming in, then we'll structure it a little bit more, perhaps, to, to get those basics yeah. uh, sorted for them. What, what's, uh, the, yeah. 
was the, what Sorry. was the original motivation for starting to produce the video series? Because obviously, you know, you have Vladimir's TRS tapes and, mm. and continuous streams, like stuff coming out of HQ. Um, was it that you wanted to do something that was a little bit more fundamental than the than the stuff that was coming out from HQ, or is it just that you you were producing them first for your, for your own guys, and then they just became popular, and you're like, oh, okay, anybody else can buy them as well? What, what was um was there any particular um, reasoning behind it? A, a, a bit of both, really. But I'd, I'd also been producing Tai Chi uh, films before that, Aha, uh, yeah. and I was writing for several magazines and that kind of thing at the time as well. In fact, I'd, I'd edited a Tai Chi magazine uh, previous to that. Yeah. So I was used to um, putting out information about what I was doing. Gotcha. You're in the um, educational mindset already. You kind of had it down. Yeah. 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 And, and this was back in the days of editing to videotape and, and, you know, copying, duplicating videotapes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is also a useful tool in terms of looking at your own progression because, you know, when you do something, well, it's that saying, you can see someone else's mistakes quite clearly. Um, yeah. We, 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 when we're doing something, we never have any mistakes, right? Yeah. yeah. As soon as you see yourself on film, you think, really? Is that, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. that what I'm doing? You know? So I always found it useful, uh, as, um, a, a tool for training anyway, we'd quite often video classes and then watch things back. Yeah. Uh, so what? I, 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 sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was just a progression of that in some ways. Yeah. So what have you? Um. What have you noticed? Like looking back, looking at you know the Rob of ten years ago. What things were you doing then <laughs> that you're like, oh, I was a, I was a bit off. What what was what conceptions did you have that you thought you have that have kind of changed since then? Oh, where where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I looked a lot younger for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> the hair's still there though, so that's something yeah. I guess. Well, um, that makes one of us. <laughs> I, I think it was, I suppose. Um, my view of Sistema then and what it was initially was was very much from that military perspective mm. uh, because it was that's kind of a little bit of how it was presented back then yeah and as time has gone on I've become more aware of the not just the depth but the breadth of it as well yeah uh, so again what we were looking for initially was can we find some good knife defense that we can plug into our syllabus kind yeah. of thing oh wow this looks cool wow look at that yeah, uh, and then oh look, they do this, and they oh wow, and then, there's, then there's all this other stuff opens up as well. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the early days were were more perhaps a little bit I don't know if naive is the word, but you know it, it's basic, it's basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I make no apology for that as such because everyone's got to be basic at some time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know it's it's basic. So yeah, what what you see in in well even pretty much now compared to what is achievable it's all basic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, and but, in one way it does exactly what it says in the tin, right? You're like system of oh, basics yeah. 100%. So it's like it's, that's what was being shown, so it's <laughs> Yeah, and if it helps people, I mean my main thing now is I've I've always thought that my job or the job of an instructor is is to be a signpost to yeah. people like Vladimir and Michael. Yeah. Um you know, if if you come and train uh, with, like, imagine you've never done any martial arts before, and you, well, I saw it at Toronto once. I was there a, a few years back, hmm. and it was a lady came in. She'd never done martial arts before, and her first class is at Toronto HQ. Yeah, you know, it's uh, okay. That's nice. That's nice that people go. Maybe she's better off going to someone else for a year or two hmm. uh, and getting some basics, and then going to train with uh, with Vladimir, perhaps. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I always liken it, it's a little bit like you you want to take up guitar, so you're going to go and learn from Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, or like you need, need to learn to swim, so let's get Michael Phelps in or something. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably want to go. So that, 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 that's what I see the role of, 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 of us as instructors as mostly is is to act as signposts, right, stepping to, stones to, along the way, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's an interesting, um, you know, something that um, Vladimir said. I think I think it was Vladimir sort of said to me that it might have been via somebody else, might have been via Quan Lee actually at the time. And he sort of said, as as an instructor, when you're trying to show Sistema, most of what you're doing is showing your mistakes or your misinterpretations of what Sistema is. Uh, right? Uh, absolutely. Any, anything absolutely. that looks like a technique or looks like that you were quite pleased with probably wasn't Sistema, right? Because yeah. Sistema is this manifest thing that you know it's effortless and it just evolves in the moment of what you're doing, and it's and it's fully appropriate to the, the interaction and the attack and everything that's yeah. going on. And, and most of that stuff doesn't really look like anything, right? And so it's not very helpful to people to look at it. And so there's this difficult kind of um, trade-off sometimes between your ultimate goal in Sistema is to keep yourself very, very balanced to make your movements very short and invisible and not to show the person how, yeah. how it is that you hit them or took them down or, you know, be, be as subtle as possible. And yet when you're teaching almost out of necessity, you have to show more, right? You have to kind of demonstrate yeah. more and make everything yeah. look wider. And, um, recently I did this, uh, demonstration, at a, a, a big kind of like, a technology conference in in raleigh north carolina close to where we are yeah. one, one of my students is like a chief she's like a, a an executive at sas this big company that does analytics and stuff like that and she's been training for quite a few years and and really loved how systema translates across into her daily life and maybe we can touch on that in a minute um but sure. so she basically wrote this uh 40 minute speech which ended up getting cut down to 20 minutes because we didn't have all that much time in the conference um where she mm -hmm. was talking about parallels between the structure and the movement and the breathing and systema and decisions that you make in business and analytics right um and then the back so she's talking with this powerpoint thing and in the background myself and jeff soderman another instructor from here are just beating seven bells out of each other and you know, try, <laughs> trying to demonstrate the principles like you no know, breathing poorly and then breathing well holding structure and then not holding structure and kind of smacking each other around a little bit um but then I was reminded that we were having to, you know, we were on display as a whole bunch of people looking at us and we we're doing these big loopy punches and big movements to, you know, grab the neck and take each other to the ground. And I felt like yeah. I was back, you know, my first six months of training Sistema where yes. everything was big and huge. Um, but we kind of had to do that because otherwise it didn't look like anything, right? It just looked like one of us had approached and the other one had fallen over painfully and you know, then you have to kind of show more. So how do you, yeah. um, how do you kind of skirt that? Uh, that kind of dichotomy of like I need to show more in order to get this across but if, if yeah. I get into the habit of doing that I'm actually I'm not showing them what system it is too much it is it is a, a, a conundrum um, yeah. and I think you just have to make it clear when you're doing stuff so you have to say look I'm doing it this way yeah. so you can see what's happening yeah. if we actually do it more in a situation then I'm going to do it this yeah. way yeah. and and I think then people understand and, and the, the most important thing when you're teaching or, or well, obviously, safety is the most important thing. But other than that, is that people understand why they're doing the drill a particular way. Yeah. Uh, that they understand the purpose of what they're doing. Yeah. So, you say to people, yeah, do these big movements because then it's well, it, it's good for health anyway. They're getting to use the joints and everything else and, and and use the body a little more. But this is to to set you on course to actually do it this way. But it's a, it's the start point. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a little bit like. <laughs> I was doing something a couple of weeks ago. We were working on an album at the moment, and it's very freeform jam kind of music. Yeah. And uh, the the guy I was working with is a very good guitarist, but he's is very um, structured in his approach. Yeah. So he said, "What what do you want me to do on this bit?" I said, "Well, just play whatever you want. You mm -hmm. know, 
yeah, but what do you want me to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Well, just just play whatever you want. Yeah, but what? what do I, how yeah. many bars of you know? So yeah. it, it's a little bit of a similar thing. You have to work within a structure. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to discover the freedom within that structure for, yeah. for yourself as well. Yeah. Have you um? Have there been any particular kind of drills or exercises that you, that you've found yourself coming back to again and again, either as as part of your personal practice or as part of your teaching that you found the most value in? Like um, things that you just, no matter how many times you do them, you always learn something new about yourself or about how system it works. Do any kind of uh, stick out? Most of them, really. <laughs> yeah. To, to be honest, I mean the core exercises are still. I, I almost thought a few years back, I, I did. I did a perfect squat, <laughs> just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to do it again ever since. Yeah. Um, so even just within those core exercises, there's there's a huge amount of challenge. Yeah. Uh, and I think, as I said earlier, things like the pushing with the fist drill, we do almost every class. Mm. Uh, simple things like what we call the Dalek drill. Yeah. Uh, moving around on the floor mm. all of it because uh i think as we touched on earlier you can be doing the same drill but on so many different levels yeah so is, is this a movement drill well yeah but it's a breathing drill as well oh right and it's also a psychological drill and yeah. it's a practical drill and it's a fear control you know it, it just goes on and on yeah definitely have how have you found sistema infusing your wider life so you've, you've you've touched a little bit on there on on music has it um has it changed the way that you look at music in terms of improvisation and stuff like that or what what other other aspects of your life have been influenced in a big way by systemic since to start in training uh everything really i mean it, i think once you get into it to a certain level it's difficult not to let it touch every other area of your life because um as we know with systema you you are the system so you you become the expression of the system in in a sense hmm. uh i think uh, let me think in terms of health and strength and fitness there's there's been a, a lot of positive benefits one thing the tai chi left me with was very bad knees hmm. uh, doing uh, hours of low stance work and, and all sorts of other practices hmm. uh physically was was very bad on the knees yeah um psychologically i went very deep into a lot of qigong and internal work and various other practices mm. uh that took me to quite a dark place let's say mm. and sistema really turned that around for me mm. uh so that's that's been a, a a real major influence in my life i would say so so that's that's an interesting one for me so i've, I've heard it said before michael's actually sort of said that meditation is not that he doesn't recommend meditation. Like somebody was going to him, asking him a question saying, I find that, you know, if I meditate, it's going to help with things. And in some other arts, um, in, you know, karate and in Aikido, for example, it's kind of encouraged. It's part of the like Zen or Shinto tradition to, um, yeah. kind of meditate and then, you know, find yourself and find your center. And then that will kind of help. Um, but Michael's been heard to say that meditation's not good, that you go too far into yourself and then it, it makes you too self-absorbed. And that's probably one of the reasons why it's not good. He's like the demons come when you meditate, right? And that kind of stuff. Mm. Is, is that what you're referring to when you did the standing practice or was it something else entirely? Yeah, well, it, it, it was, I mean, we used to do standing practice for an hour at a time, for example, and then that led into being involved in, um, again, it's a little bit difficult because you, you, you're impinging on people's religious or spiritual beliefs, mm. and um, um, I don't mean to criticize what other people believe in any way, yeah. um, but there were rituals around certain uh, <laughs> Chinese uh, gods and, and that kind of thing, mm. and um Again, without going into too much detail, it, it 
brings a lot of negativity, I think, and a lot of darkness. Mm. Uh, and that manifests itself in physical ways. It manifests itself in emotional ways. Mm. And it, I found it has quite a destructive effect on relationships. Mm. I guess it comes back to that maxim of like, don't be a fanatic about anything, like not even about your training. You know, <laughs> you shouldn't be fanatical about anything. Yeah, and and keep yourself grounded in, um, you know, if there's a spiritual world and there's a physical world, and we need to keep a balance between the two, and the, the lines of communication need to be very clear, and you need to know, you need to be very clear about what you're getting in touch with. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, what of um. What what do you find yourself working on now? What's what's the emphasis in your own training? What things are you trying to kind of clean up and uh, and move forward with? Everything <laughs> just, again? Yeah. Just just trying to. I want to be able to sit down without making a noise and, and <laughs> just just moving around generally. Really, yeah. Uh, I find now above everything, I prize mobility uh, uh, pretty much above everything else. Hmm. Uh, and I think as you get older, I mean, I just hit 55 last week. So yeah, so um, you're looking good for it, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's very kind of you. But uh, above everything, I prize mobility now and yeah. um, trying to encourage that in other people. Free free movement, and but healthy movement as well. Because, you know, you, you there's movement exercises you can do, right? But they're going to destroy the body over a period of time. Yeah. So finding free, clean movement. Is, mm. is really my main emphasis yeah gotcha and and what's next for you for your um, for your classes or for your seminars are you traveling around teaching or are you staying put for the most part or what's on what's on the uh, calendar for you well I'm, I'm off again to tuscany in uh in july oh uh, very for nice a ten, 10 week camp yeah um it's a guy called bruno caverna he, mm. he does well, he's living in st petersburg now but he travels all around the world and he's evolved something called play fight mm. which is a very interesting mix of martial arts and he works with a lot of dancers, mm. uh, and it, basically it's all about discovering that freedom of movement we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm doing some work with Bruno. Uh, that has led. I've, I've been traveling around Europe for the past couple of years now. I was in Madrid last month. Yeah. Uh, working with some people over there. Right. Uh, part of this, there, there, there's a growth of interest in movement and movement culture. I think, mm. and and that's something that. Uh, I don't know, it's just a new doorway that's opened up, really. I've gone from teaching kind of <laughs> door staff and, and that kind of person to, to dancers. It's quite an interesting shift. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Brilliant. So um, so if people are looking to try and get in touch with you and, and train with you in the UK or elsewhere, where would they find you uh, online? So my main website is systemauk.com. That's an easy one, yep. That's an easy one. And all my downloads and films and, and, and books and that kind of stuff are now at systemafilms.com. Okay. So right. that's, uh, that's that's got a lot of uh, – you can download all the stuff there now. Yeah. Magic. I'll stick those in the show notes so that people can uh, get on them afterwards. Um, and any, uh, any parting words of wisdom, anything that you'd like to uh, you know, impart to somebody who's just starting down the path of Systema or to maybe an instructor who's a bit further down the path to stop them from going astray? Uh, I think for both of them, just be patient. Just stick with the basics, really. Um, all the work is basic uh, and just – Always pay attention to what you're doing. Always pay attention to your breathing, especially, and learn to control your fear and psychological state. Hmm. I think if you can if you can manage those things, then whatever you do is going to work out fine. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Well, thanks very much, Rob. Really appreciate you taking the time out, and maybe we can uh, resume this chat at some point further down the line. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks again for asking me, and, and it's great podcast. You've been doing excellent work as well. So thanks very much for putting all these things out. Great. Well, thank you, mate. All the best. Cheers. God bless. Bye.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can share it with your friends online, you can support us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or you can support us directly via patreon.com with a monthly contribution of $2 or more. That's www.patreon.com slash ncsystema. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training.